While Beauty Lab and Laser is a professionally licensed medical facility, the hosts of this podcast are not medical professionals, nor do they claim to be. The opinions on this podcast are for entertainment only. Please seek a licensed medical professional for all medical questions. Hi, and welcome to Live Love Lab, the behind-the-scenes podcast from Beauty Lab and Laser. I am your host, one of your hosts, Heather Gay. I am joined by Dre, the other co-host, the other owner of Beauty Lab and Laser. Did you say you're an owner? Um, yeah, I think okay. I did. I believe right. I did. But is that a? Should I say I'm a co-owner? Can't we I just know. both just, just own it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just own it, Dre. Just, just, just own it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that on our business cards it says owner. Well, no, I messed up and I said CEO slash founder because I didn't know there could be not be two CEOs. Or did we switch it? I can't remember. I, I swear think we mine both... says owner. It probably doesn't. I gave myself founder. <laughs> That's just <laughs> That's a, the like truth. a hidden price you, hike. No, you know what, price. though? That is the truth. You founded Beauty Lab. I was an add-on. And now you own and, it. And now I own it. Yeah. <laughs> With you. But together we are Drether. Yay. And that's what's important, you guys. Not the road that got us here, but the fact that we've dovetailed now. Yes. And we're a we're a unit. Not a unit. A unit. <laughs> with a hard T. Just to be clear. So today we are podcasting from uh, Heather's Range Rover, which is not the first time we've done that. When did we podcast from the car? Well, we've done it a couple times, um, but not while we were driving. Oh, just because we had no other form of privacy or sound-controlled environment. Correct. I recall sweating profusely because it was in the summer. (laughs) And my thighs were like sticky. There were four of us in the car. Remember that? Yes. Oh, that was I remember. That was one of our best podcasts ever, though. I know. So good. Yeah. But um, we're, we're driving to run an errand and we it's a, a bit of a drive so we're like what a better time to podcast than right now when we're in a car together for a couple hours a couple hours and I love that you titled this running an errand <laughs> because I would bet to, I would, we are retracing the steps of Dre no we're yes we tell, are. Tell the folks at home what what our errand is today. Okay. Not groceries. Not the butcher. We're not. <laughs> we're not going to go buy stamps at the post office. <laughs> well, I went to an event earlier this week in Huntsville, Utah, which is north of Ogden, and actually is so beautiful, and I absolutely loved it. Um, but at some point in the night, I retrieved my driver's license and then dropped it. Didn't realize it until last night when Heather and I were taking our friends out for a little birthday celebration. I tried to get into a local neighborhood bar and was refused service. Yep. Because I could not freaking find my dumb driver's license. And I want to say refused service in a very military type, non-empathetic fashion. I know. Like, it was sorry. Like, no sympathy No anything, no explanation. And here's the thing. I get it. I've worked in the food industry before. I bartended. And so I understand that it is the law. But do you know what? You don't have to be an asshole. The law does not say refuse service in a dickish way. And shame us and act like it's absurd that we would look at you and say, we're clearly over 21. And the intent of the law is to keep young, underage children from drinking yeah. at local pubs. It's not to make sure everyone's fiscally responsible with their IDs. I know. I know. It's it, like, come on, dude. You've seen me here. It's literally around the corner from my house, so I've been there. And like, How about I'll come in? I'm not going to order alcohol. 
I'll yeah. just sit there and watch my friend open his present, then I will leave. Yeah. And they wouldn't let her pass the white I, line. Yeah, I couldn't even pass the line. So I was in, I was distraught. Yes. I, I may have shed a tear and, you know. So I forfeited hanging out with everyone to go home with her, which is yes. not hard for me to do because I'm a house mouse. <laughs> and shout out to the house bears oh. who were the ones that I, that we ditched at the bar. We ditched them at the bar, but luckily we reconnected. They circled later. back. They yes. circled back to my house, and we did have a, a rousing sing along, which <laughs> healed all wounds. But we were frustrated because we're like, "Why did Dre have to lose her ID? I mean, why me, Lord? I like, know. there's so much going on. I know so much. But I was so distraught about it. I made my appointment for the you know duplicate license thing. And we decided we're just going to have to drink at home for the next two weeks while yeah. it processed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which was really frustrating. And hopefully I don't need to like, well, and that's the thing. I wanted to go to Beehive Pharmacy um, to stock up on my sleep medicine. Yeah. Medi- and the medical dispensary. Yeah. And like, I can't do that now because I don't have an ID. You can't uh, even go to the liquor store. Yeah. So annoying. But I just got a text from the... Uh, purveyors of said B&B and they found my ID so now we're driving to Huntsville again to pick it up I'm so happy and I'm thrilled because I was unable to attend the event in Huntsville with her and so now I felt like there's I heard some inside jokes I saw that it was you know a big event and I felt left out so now so now you get to see it and you'll know exactly what we're talking about and every time you make a joke or talk to someone about oh is that the place we drove up to get your ID (laughs) that I drove oh yeah I've been there it's pretty cool yeah it's awesome I know I didn't go to that but like I just know I just know oh is that yeah I know exactly what you're talking about and now I'm in it works out so great I'm yeah I'm so so happy but so, the, well, I was going to say the thing with the ID was really like right in line with what we want to talk about today because it's the letter of the law versus the intent of the law. Yes. And how therein lies all the difference. Yep. And why, in, for some reason, even though it's causing us pain and it's a huge hassle, it doesn't ever change. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. The laws don't lighten up on bar owners. No. Nope. They, they come down swifter and harder on anyone that lets in a 50 year old without. A plastic. I mean, you couldn't even use a picture of your ID. No, I literally use a paper version. I I do have a scan, like a picture, a scan of my ID on my phone. Wouldn't take it. Uh, I know. Which is exactly why I had such a horrible experience on Monday. I know. So today we wanted to talk about the medical industry and specifically the inherent misogyny that is in the medical industry. And we can say this. Because we are also in the medical industry. And we're also misogynists. (laughs) So, like, honestly, there's no better expert on, like, we can sniff out misogyny because it's deeply embedded in our bones. It absolutely (laughs) is. It is. And so, Heather, talk about your experience that you had the other day. You called me so upset. Yeah. So... Talk and that's hard it. to do to get upset when you're dead inside. <laughs> but this triggers you, know, you. This, I'm alive. This triggers I you. I feel anger. <laughs> well, it's interesting because for the majority of my life, I could not even like say the word feminism or feminist without just like feeling disdain for any woman that would dare try to be feminist. Because <laughs> I love men. You know, just so warped my concept of like what it means to just like myself or like my gender or trust my own gender. Yes. And I think once I kind of got on the road of like 
would you call it our feminism journey? Yes, absolutely. Our feminist awakening. Our feminist awakening. Yeah. Because we really did wake up. It's we did. been in there always, but like we had to wake up to it. It's like it's like the pee under all of the mattresses. Mm-hmm. And it always grated on us, but we knew that like, you know, it's a pee. Yeah. And we've got a warm bed to sleep in, so why why is this bugging us? Let's just there's a hundred mattresses on this bitch. Like, why are yeah. we still feeling Whoever's it? complaining about a pee, you know, <laughs> is just really <laughs> a princess. Exactly. So I guess now that I mine eyes have been opened to the misogyny in the world, I felt it so strongly, and it just became blatant to me when I went to the female parts doctor, <laughs> otherwise known as an OBGYN. OBGYN, and I went, I've, my entire life, I've always had a male OBGYN. Okay. Always. Why? Um, Did you trust, I trust them more? Men. Okay. Uh-huh. Smarter, okay. more competent. I don't know why. I mean, there's something, also the romantic notion of, I want a big, strong man to deliver my babies. Sure. Make me feel safe and secure. Like, well, I don't know. There likely are more male doctors out there than I don't know if that's true I could google it but I mean and I had my first baby I had my first OB 17 years ago you know 20 years ago so I think there's been a huge you know diversity influx of women in that field as there should be yeah and I have not been to the doctor in 13 years okay because most of my medical needs are taken care of by our staff. Right. And also because I have a deep disdain for insurance billing and the racket that is insurance billing and the racket that is the medical industry. Because guess what, guys? It's a racket. Yeah, it is. I hate going to the doctor. It's ridiculous. So I've paid insurance now because I'm, you know, required to. Yeah. But for three or four years, I just paid the penalties because I mm-hmm. didn't need the insurance and I was frustrated I'd rather pay the penalties and then just pay cash for everything so I've always just paid cash and I finally got on this insurance plan I've been paying religiously for a year and a half but I've never made a claim on okay. that on said insurance policy okay. so I've been paying about 400 bucks a month you know never got my member ID never made a claim I didn't care to go through it I hate the process at the pharmacy I hate the process at the dentist I just always say cash cash let's just pay it's just easier. Get me in and out. I don't want to barter. I don't want to talk about I don't want to say, they didn't cover your second cleaning. Yeah. Your thirty-seven fifty due. Like I don't I hate all of yeah. it. I hate the mystery of it. I feel I hate it. Yeah. So I go to the female parts doctor and I just kind of am stealing myself for the medical industry experience, which we have done everything to eliminate at Beauty Lab. Totally. Which is wasting your not respecting your time, mm-hmm. your money. Your privacy. Yeah. Or or you as a person. Yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> or your own self-divinating qualities that yes. you can come in and say, I know mm-hmm. why I need to be here. And I was concerned about the insurance thing because I heard they said they took my policy, they said everything was covered. I had my assistant double check, but then I said I also just want a cash price from them before I go in so that I can just pay cash. It's just in case. squirrely. Because yeah. it's always squirrely. Yep. But everyone just acted like I was some Neanderthal that didn't know how swiftly insurance came Like, oh, in. you clearly don't know how this works. Yes. We go to the doctor once a month. I've never had a problem. I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I go in. I, feel, I start to fill out the paperwork. And I'm starting to kind of think about the way I answer these questions now. Because 
before I just blindly believed that every single piece of information I put down on that paper was life or death if the doctor didn't have it in his hands. Right. And so I start to... And what kind of questions? Yeah, you, I start you... to look at the questions. And this is on like a, a poorly Xerox piece of paper. Um, clipboard, Clipboard, pen. pen, in a lobby full of people with about four non-medical personnel sitting at the front desk, mm -hmm. talking, eating their salads, talking about their kids, you know, that's their day job. Yeah, totally. They're just doing what they're supposed to do. They're handing me the clipboard. They're bringing the paperwork back. They're reading all the questions, making sure I filled out everything. Because trust me, when I missed one, they pointed it out and I had to protest. <laughs> and then they enter all that information in. And then the doctor, you get back there, he flips like three pages open. Mm-hmm. It's not looking for anything. Right. Except maybe <laughs> like, you know. What insurance you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can pay. And takes me back. So now I'm about 30 minutes into my appointment and I've given them my photo ID. I have given them my insurance information, but I did not have the physical card. I had called ahead. I had been on the phone for probably 20 minutes. I got my group number, my member ID, all of the, all the things, everything's fine. Yep. They carry you. You're great. You're good. Blah. I go in, I fill out the paperwork. Um, and the questions start saying, um, how many abortions have you had? How many live pregnancies? How many miscarriages? How many stillborns? How many sexual partners have you had? Have you had sex with, check one, male, female, or both? Or check all that apply, yeah. male or female. Um, so when was your most recent sexual? When was your most recent sexual encounter? When was your last period? Um, and really the one that killed me was number of sexual partners and sex with male or female. I'm like. Okay, so are we doing Bill Clinton's definition of sexual partner? Are we doing my yeah. dad's definition of sexual partner, which is a tongue kiss? Yeah. You know, are we doing like P and the V? Right. And how is this pertinent to me um, replacing my birth control? That because is... if I've had sex with five or if I've had sex with 50, is that going to affect my appointment right now that all the front desk needs to see my number? Mm -hmm. I'm forced to say my number. First of all, I'm forced to keep a number? Right. Uh, who knows? What if I'm like 17 and I've had sex twice and I like think the doctor can't treat me if I'm not clear, you know, if I don't disclose. Right. Right. I had sex with Bobby in the back of the station wagon. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, totally. And so I was And what is constituted as sex? Truly, that is an excellent question because that it's it's different for everyone depending on where you come from and what you've been raised to believe. And clearly it's important to them whether I had sex with a man or a female or both. Yeah. So if I had had six female partners and four male partners, do I write down 10? Right. I, it was so absurd to me. And then because I was already triggered by that, I was triggered by a number of abortions because I was triggered by a number of miscarriages and I was triggered mm -hmm. by a number of live births because I have friends that have lost babies at 40 weeks. I have friends that had lost a baby at seven weeks and are devastated yeah. by it. Yeah. And if I'm not there for a fertility or a... I'm there just to get a new IUD, guys. Like, I'm yeah. not trying to have a baby. I am not complicated. I'm not having painful sex. I'm not concerned about any STDs. I'm just here, meat and potatoes me. Yeah. And I'm not ready to, like, you know, talk about or even think about these things with myself or anyone totally. else's staff. Well, because if you look at those questions, there are a lot of emotions 
attached to every single one of those questions you just listed. There can be tenderness and sadness if you have experienced a miscarriage there can, you know, or an abortion. There can be, um, you know, shame if Guilt. you, you know, if you have not been able to conceive, um, there can be, you know, shame and guilt. If you've had multiple sexual partners, there are a lot of emotions attached to it. And unless it's pertinent to your appointment that you were there for, because I understand that like, if you're going in for a fertility appointment, you probably should let them know that's a how many, secondary yeah, how many miscarriages you've had, right. you know, of course, and all of what? that is important between doctor and patient. Yes, absolutely. It's not important for my preliminary paperwork because Mind you, I still have not been treated. Yes. So then I go back to do the preliminary about an hour in, but I didn't answer any of them. And I wanted them to know I saw them. So I drew a line through them and I handed them to them. They're like, you didn't answer this. You didn't, you know, you need to fill this out. And I was like, I said, I'm not answering those. And I felt like a little bit, I was, you know, a little bit heated. And I just said, I'm not answering those. I'm, um, it's conscientious objection or something like in protest. Yeah. I'm denying responses to those in protest. And I said, I'll talk to my doctor about it. So they're nervous at the front desk because they're not getting all the blanks filled in. Yeah, they're not doing their job. What if she's going back there and she said she had three sexual partners, but she's had seven. Mm -hmm. You know, get her back here. The whole world's going to implode. Yeah. And I just thought, what man is asked how many partners he's had? Right? Yeah. Are they asked that? I'm curious. Are they asked male or female partners? Are they asked, like, have you ever had sex with a sheep? Right. You know, I see here you're from, you know, farmland. Yeah. (laughs) Any experience with farm animals? I mean, they don't ask those things because it's not pertinent to them getting treated. Yeah. And it's also not pertinent to me getting treated. So why am I being asked it? Yeah. So I go back. I start to get my blood pressure, height, weight, whatever. They come back, and I haven't filled out the billing mailing address for the insurance. And Which also actually, hold on, rewind. Okay. How is height how is height and weight pertinent as well? I understand with like certain dosing, but like that can also be incredibly triggering. Just gonna put that out there. Yes, I didn't want to have that experience. I was already on a low and I just said, you know what, I'm not gonna look. Please just don't tell me. Just write down my blood pressure, write down my height, write down my weight. Don't say that's perfectly normal. Like, or you're on the high to- end. I understand if you're there for physical. Like I was there I mean? for it. Wine and Dine 69 two-minute <laughs> IUD replacement. Yeah. I don't... People, we don't need your weight for that. As long as you, like... I'm not there for PCOS. Yeah. I'm not there for diet pills. I'm not there for anything other than, you know, a less than an ounce weight yeah. of an IUD. Right. Okay, anyway, continue. So then, so the then they come out and they... And I said, how would I know the billing mailing address? Like, I look them up. And she goes, well, there's hundreds of addresses we can send it to. So I call the 1-800 number. Are I, they sending these via, like, snail mail? I, I mean, obviously. She goes, usually it's a P.O. box. Well, that helps me. <laughs> that helps me a lot. I'll just I'll just write down P.O. box. So then I call. They won't. They, everything shuts down and stops. And I call. I give them my member ID. I go through a whole thing. And she's like, let me transfer you to claims. And I said, listen, I'm just look. I, I'm already here. I just need the mailing address because they won't let me go in until this blank is filled out on my paperwork. Yeah. So she's like, oh, okay. And she looks up my number, looks up my plan, and gives me the PO box. And they're all thrilled. They write down the PO box. I go back into the room. I put on my paper gown. I'm bare assed on the table, and. 
I'm like, we're good to go, you know? And then the doctor pops her head in and says, it's just going to be a minute. They're just working out your insurance stuff. It's going to be a minute. I'm like, you know what? I have cash. I'll pay cash. Cause now I'm yeah. an hour and 15 in. Yeah. And I'm thinking, however much this is, is our, I've already spent that in my time. Yeah. Truly. And Absolutely. my mood has plummeted to the point that the therapy I'm going to need to get back to baseline <laughs> yeah, to has also negated yeah. what insurance might cover. Yeah. So they come in maybe, um, another 15 minutes later and she it's the doctor this time with an administrator because the doctor's uncomfortable now right and she's like I hate this kind of stuff so I'm having her do it and Kathy is the billing administrator who I've not yet seen but who has clearly seen my number of sexual partners my right. live births miscarriages and or painful intercourse and says to me the claims department has no record of you. Yes, I see you have a member ID. Yes, I see. But made me feel like I was like, had come in with some fraudulent gibberish numbers. Right. And I said, they have no record of me. Like, I don't know. And I wasn't on my feet enough to be like, it's because I've never made a claim, peeps. Yes. You're my first one. Yeah. So this I don't know what your job is. I don't do medical billing. Insurance. Yeah. 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 So I said, you know what? I'm bare assed. I say, hand me my purse. Do you take Apple Pay? No, we don't take Apple Pay. Okay. I have, what, what is it going to cost me to do this? And they're like, oh, like, well, the pap smear is like 200 and the IUD is like 1500 or whatever. So I'd yeah. like hand me my purse. I count out like a wad of hundreds. Literally my ass is bare. Yeah. I slide back onto the paper, hand the administrator the money. And I say, I feel like I could get better care in Tijuana. I'm not reflective of you, yeah. but like I am bare ass handing a stranger cash yeah. in order for them to like check my lady parts yeah it feels a, it's a little demeaning a lot demeaning and I think you're right I think you probably and it's not a reflection of who they are as people we're not making a personal the doctor attack. needs to get paid yeah you know but it's the system that is set up like pure bullshit because insurance screws the doctors yep so they're not about to treat me and then have insurance say oh you, yep there was two extra zeros you're, you, you're past your window because we've lived that right totally we tried to do medical billing with our practice for a about six months. Yeah. And, and, and then when we realized quickly, that we were, <laughs> we were like, uh, we left probably a couple hundred thousand dollars on the table because the bills hadn't been filed appropriately. Yep. The medical codes were wrong. Insurance had a loophole. They could all figure it out. And we just, the doctor got screwed in the end and yep. the practice got screwed. But truly we were like willing to leave the money on the table because it was such a ginormous pain in the ass and it was it was the art of war it was confusion and secrecy and timing and deadlines and fine print and oh you coded that as a pap smear but it should have been coded as a pap swab yeah so you didn't get paid <laughs> doctor and that's what insurances do totally so the doctors now have full staff in order to make sure that they're getting paid and mind you they get paid less for cash then they, they would get yes. billed three times what they're billing me right. for insurance. So they're giving me like a discounted cash rate. And so it's in their best interest to bill insurance too, which is like the only thing that kind of makes sense yeah. for the practice. But then the insurance companies screw them. And I've been, I've paid $40 a month for over a year and a half. And then I paid cash for my medical visit. The doctor, once I paid the cash, did the process. It took less than six minutes. Yeah. And then because it was so short, we had time to talk. And I just said to her, like, listen, I mean, you just got paid less. I just had to pay cash. Yeah. <laughs> it took when I've you... been paying monthly for this amount of time. Yeah. I've yeah. been paying my insurance dutifully because it's required by law. Mm -hmm. And 
you, it took you six minutes of your expertise and bedside manner to do this. And I've been here for almost two hours. You're not getting paid what you're worth. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting my money's out of my insurance. And I'm also mad about the misogyny in your paperwork. And she was like, oh my gosh, you're just a problem. <laughs> She's like, you're a lot. But right I asked now. her, I just said, why do you need to know the number of sexual partners I've had for anything? And she said, I said, what medical conditions are contingent on that? That is an excellent question because I also wondered the same thing. What do you think she said? Um, we'll just, I mean, STDs maybe, but like, guess what? You can get an STD from I having sex with I, one person. Yep, and I also did not have an STD. I was right. not being treated for an STD, nor have I ever had one, for the record. Yeah. But, you, but, whistle, but truth don't is... Don't shame me with an STD. STDs <laughs> have nothing to do with the amount of... You can just have sex with someone that has an STD, and that can be the one and only person you've ever when had sex with. When you were 17, you had yep. the rest of your life, yep. right? Yep. So that's not relevant. So what did she say? Well, I was... I was and she just said, yeah, um, well, like pelvic pain. And I said... Okay, so if I've had three partners and I've had pelvic pain with all three, that would be beneficial for you to know that it was like every time I had painful sex. Or is it just like number seven and number eight, you know, I had pelvic pain. Yes. Numbers one through six and nine and ten, nothing. I'm like, I still don't know how the numbers are a factor. Right. I said, why do you need to know if I've had sex with a woman or a man? Yeah. And she just said, yeah, there's a lot of patriarchy steeped in this and it's really, really good feedback. And I said, but you're a woman in this field. And like, how do you navigate that? Because are you asking men if they have sex, if they've ever had sex with a sheep? And she goes, well, I hope we are. I'm like, we're not. No, we are not no, asking men not. anything. No. We're not saying your penis looks small and shrivelly. Have you been getting erect a lot? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What if we taught men that the more they used their penis, the less desirable it was to women, the smaller it got, the more shriveled it got, and the less potent and powerful your erections would be if you did not, you know, restrain them and use them sparingly? Because that's what we teach women about their vaginas. Yep. And it's the opposite of what we teach men. Absolute opposite. Yep. Yet, scientifically and medically speaking, vaginas are as elastic as your butthole. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's true. And it, it is really, really sad that those kind of questions are being asked every single time a patient goes in for an appointment. And it brings up feelings of shame, of inadequacy. And, and honestly, it's not relevant. It's shame. It's purity culture. Yeah. It's misogynistic. And it is if it's only relevant to one gender and it makes you feel a certain kind of way it's not good yeah. you know it's misogyny mm -hmm. and yeah that's and that's true I cannot think of one because that's a really good question if like okay if someone's feeling pelvic pain because when you had told me that I was like oh okay that makes sense and then I was like well actually no it doesn't because it doesn't matter like if you have sex with someone and say you're married in a monogamous committed relationship and you have sex every day with your partner, you're still having the same amount of sex as someone who has sex every day with different partners, right? Absolutely. And so, P.S., I'm not there for pelvic pain. I'm not yep. there for an STD. I'm not there for, you know, vaginal reconstruction from the army of men that I've been sleeping with. I'm there for my annual PAP and IUD. Yeah. So let's ask questions like that. Like, have you had pain or discomfort from your birth control? Is it yeah. working for you? Yeah. 
let's think about the relevant questions like are your, your moods stable? Have you gained weight? Have, do you have an appetite? Like these are the things that I worry about with my birth control. Like are your periods regular? Those I would be, those questions I would be happy to answer. And I answered all of them on page 17 of the 20 page booklet. <laughs> I filled out before I could get bare assed and Hannah Mawada gash and have a three minute appointment. So what can we do? Like, because truly it needs to change. And we've seen this in our own practice as well. Like we use a medical uh, EMR software and it Which is, is required by professional licensing laws. Yes. And, and we have the, literally the most dumbed down version of an intake form that you because can Because we value have. their time. Yeah. And we value the invasiveness of which they should have to answer questions to us if they just want a B12 shot. And truly... I still think that our, like our questions, we ask too many questions Way too many. and we have honestly dumbed it down. Like we have taken off every question that they do not absolutely require us by law, yeah. by law to have. And there even is still an option to give your social security number on ours that I unchecked as like a, like I, I could take it off of being required, but it still asks the question. And so we have to physically tell people, Please like, don't give hey, us you your... don't need to give us your social. It's going to ask you for it. Don't give it to us. And I even tell people, too, like, when it asks for allergies and medications, what we're looking for are very specifics. Yeah. So guess what? I don't need to know If about... you have to take lithium. Yeah. That's your private mental I don't need to know health. about your, your um, antidepressant, whatever. We're looking for blood thinners and photosensitizing medications. And That's it. And a propensity toward cold source. Yes. For your yes, comfort yes, and care. Yes. All we need is information to make sure that medically what we treat you with is safe. We do not need to know your surgeries. We do not need to know about your, you know, breast boob job in when you're 18. Yeah. But they in say this all surgeries. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting because the doctor said to me, and I said, I did not answer a lot of these out of in silent protest mm -hmm. because I don't think it's relevant. Yep. Um, do I just keep going straight? Yeah, just straight. Okay. She's coming around the mountain. This I is know, a beautiful it's drive. Beautiful, it's spectacular. It? Yeah. And We're isn't Huntsville like next door to Eden? Yeah. Uh -huh. Does that make you feel all the feelings to think of going to Eden? Yes, it does. It's almost like Jackson County, Missouri. <laughs> it's exactly like it. Um, when I so when I went into the doctor and said, she said, "Well, are there things that I need to know?" And I said, "No." And that's why I am advocating because I don't have a broken heart over a stillbirth yeah. or three abortions. Right. I don't have a, I, it is not, I don't have a really high number of partners. Right. You need women that have been married to one man their whole life to come in and say, I do not want you asking my daughters that. I do not want you asking my sisters that. Like it's my the friends, women, yeah. it's the women that are in a position of no shame to advocate. Cause otherwise they're like, well, you want to answer cause you're embarrassed. Yeah. You're embarrassed about, you know, what you've done. <laughs> totally. But put yourself into the shoes of someone who has, you know, had several miscarriages. Devastating. Don't, like, don't. I don't want to write down that number. For the front desk staff and the paperwork and my file that I may never come back here again. Yeah. I'm going to go in a private room with my medical provider where HIPAA laws mean something. Yes. Because that was the other line. She said, well, we all practice HIPAA. And I said, I own a medical practice. Like, you... You can't come in and just assume that everyone has a doctor's level of the Hippocratic Oath. Right. You know, these are moms that are just, you know, just showing up and doing what they have yeah. to do to 
doing their make job. 12 bucks an hour, yeah. you know, and I love and respect them. Totally. But I, I also don't want to disclose intimate facts about my sex life well, and to strangers and burden them with that. Truly. We don't, like, we don't need to burden the front desk staff with knowing our inner deepest secrets. Totally. Like, Can you God. imagine if, if I just imagine if you were forced to data entry, some, like someone comes in and you type their information and you went to high school with them. Right. And then you're typing in, oh my gosh, Heather Gay came in. She had 42 partners. Yeah. <laughs> 17 were female. Go figure. I don't know. I guess that counts as sex. And you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. What type of fact? And that was the top five question. Yeah. yeah. So it's the women that need to advocate and be like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Not because I have a high number, not because it hurts me, but because it's wrong. It's wrong. It's and wrong. We want to challenge everybody to in silent protest do not answer those questions yeah. or if you do write a thousand yeah. and check all the boxes mm -hmm. like it's not relevant to that type of appointment if it's relevant of course you know be or say I'll discuss with my doctor I'll discuss with my doctor I'll discuss with my doctor the front desk data entry does not need a sexual history and if they do it's because a man wrote that form yes or a very, very inquisitive woman. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what we do is we first notice it. And if something triggers us, we don't say, oh, it's because I shouldn't have more than one sexual partner. It's because it's not relevant and it triggers us because it's shaming us. It's, and it's misogynistic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so recognizing it, seeing it, and then finding our own strength and power and saying, I'll discuss it with my doctor. Thank you so much. Yeah. And any of you beauty labbers out there, if there are questions you don't want to answer or don't feel comfortable answering on our um, intake form, just let us know that and don't answer it. Please don't answer Please it. Please don't answer it. And you can discuss it with your provider when you get into the room with them in private. A hundred percent. Women, take your power back. <laughs> <laughs> Medical industry, Stop the misogyny. Do better. Do better. And the and the female doctors. And then she said, you know, I'm. She's from uh, South Dakota, I think. And she said, you know, I'm kind of new to Utah, and I'm kind of starting to recognize some of the patterns of the culture here. Which was her very eloquent, wonderful way of saying, yeah, can we just get through this appointment? I get it, but mm -hmm. what are you gonna do? Fight the man? And I'm like, yeah, but yeah. But if anybody can, it's us. Yeah. Right. Thanks for the feedback. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? That is like, this is our opportunity to put it on people's radars and, and let you know you're not alone. Yes. If you feel bad about having an abortion, it's because it's a shameful question. And we have abortions for people that have unwanted pregnancies. Yep. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you don't, you have no obligation to like, feel shame about anything because you're not alone. We all feel it. Yep. I felt guilty about the number of pregnancies I had had because I wanted more kids. Yeah. And to put, and I'm putting down three pregnancies, three live births, three vaginal births, you know? And like, even then I felt a weird, a, a tinge shame. of sadness. Yeah, yeah. Like I should have had six. Yeah. There were probably babies in heaven that never came. 
You know, you think that, you feel yeah. that way. This is our identity as a mom, and to stratify it, I felt like it was super misogynistic. Agreed. And that's all I got for you, folks. Well, so we challenge everybody to silently protest, answering those questions. and That make you feel triggered or shame. Yep. And if you have no problem, answer them. Who cares, right? This is our beef. Right. <laughs> yeah, if you disagree, you do you, dude. And I hope a lot of medical industry people just come at us like saying, do you know how dangerous it is to tell people to not disclose their abortions? But do you know what? Then provide us some proof that it's relevant and that it's information that you actually need. Show me some proof. And then we'll make a follow-up podcast saying delete. (laughs) Delete. (laughs) Delete. That sounded horribly vulgar. And you delete. (laughs) So... Yes, and just know that you're not alone. We're all in this together. And change is, it's hard to um, speak up. Yeah, it's hard to speak up and it's hard to get things to change. But if you... I honestly wanted them to like me and think I was cool and like easygoing. Yeah. But I was mad. Yeah. And, but guess what, Heather, it's more important for you to speak your truth. Truly. That's what I think. Well... Now I need to like, they're like, you can call the insurance company, back bill us, reissue the credit. Oh, you're we'll never going to do that. We'll send you a check in 90 days. You're never going to do for, that. You know, I'm like, okay. You're never going to do that. So never going to do that. But maybe they'll change their form. Yeah. And then all was not lost. Exactly. All right. Well. Smoke we, them if you got them. Should we wrap it, <laughs> wrap this up? Yeah. Okay. We should wrap it up. What's How do we normally wrap it up? Well, remember that the lab loves you. Yeah. Lab loves you. Life is short. By, By the, the lips. lips. And don't answer the questions. <laughs>